the volume. That's how you bounce back, baby. New York Knicks basketball, 111-105. Welcome in to round two of the Moneyline Monaco live reaction, fresh off of the garden. I am schwitzing a little bit here, but it it was a good schwitz. It was not a Scotty Van Bad beat. Welcome into the program. If you are just joining me, we did this round one. Thanks to volume, I have an opportunity to cover this game after these games throughout the series and if you don't know just a quick reminder i do host a betting show called the better half hour on msg so i have a ton of access i know this team we watch this team we cover them so going into game one we know the storyline in this series was jimmy buckets and of course he rolls his ankle an odd kind of between game one and game two here from a storyline perspective we know injuries with superstars have been the storyline of the nba playoffs but this was a odd line and and just go in there real quick six and a half was the line all day it closes at miami plus 10 and the books didn't tell you till all the way at the very end 11th hour truly i'm in the stadium and they announce brunson officially and randall officially and then they pop up on the prop shop they weren't there all day so that was a little fickle but this was an interesting game so we know this miami team has been live and die by the three but they come into tonight and it was kind of, you know, like like yesterday with the Celtics and no Embiid. What were they going to throw at you? What was Doc going to come at you on the mound with, with Harden? And he hit you with a 45 piece. But tonight, there was no Harden. There was really no Maxi on this team. It's Jimmy Butler, it's Bam Adebayo, and it's a bunch of volume shooters that move off ball, that don't care how they put the ball in. And you saw it. I'm going to go through it here. This was not a first quarter like game one where the Knicks came out and dominated in the paint. By the way, that was a 22-4 first quarter in the paint punishing Knicks start to the series. This game two, first quarter, Jerry, I'm in the crowd. I'm watching again. This Knicks crowd is half Rangers, if not all Rangers, coming off a game seven loss to the Devils. This entire city, let alone state, is on pins and needles needing this Knicks team to win. So as far as just setting the table there, it was a little bit of a nervous crowd. And then you watch this Heat team come out, and here we go again. I mean, the first three minutes, Mitchell Robinson picks up two fouls, drives me ballistic. You put Hartenstein in, who's an effort guy, way too early in the first quarter. And then here we go, we're off and running. You watch Gabe Vincent knock down two trays and a Kevin Love three, and I'm freaking out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go again. And these threes by Miami, remember, didn't shoot particularly well in the first or second quarter on Sunday. They came out scorching. We're talking about 22 first, excuse me, 22 points at one point in the first quarter. 15 of them are threes. They sink five of their first 10 from three-point land. Kayla Martin was off to a sensational start. As we know, this team, and I was curious about what they were going to do matchup-wise with no buckets out there. How was Brunson going to insert himself 
in this offense. He actually came off a little bit slow to start this game. And this is a team, I'm a lefty, I point this out. I, I, I've challenged NBA fans all year to give me, in the history of the league, three lefties at once in a starting five. I'm not trying to stump the Schwab here. I'm just telling you. It's it's interesting to watch three lefties work and only a lefty would know. But RJ comes out and really does what he did in game one. And he inserts his dominance. When RJ Barrett does not shoot contested threes, which sometimes he, he not to knock him, but gets in that, that spot a little too often. And instead he uses his athletic ability to get to the rim. There's not a lot of guys on Miami matchup wise that want to deal with him to the rack seven, eight times a half. And that's what he needs to do. And you saw it a couple of times, particularly that 26-24 swing there in that first quarter. RJ drives, draws two, dishes to Julius, hits a three, and that's beautiful Knicks basketball right there. They don't have ball movement the same way that this Heat team does. I think the Heat may have the most beautiful, crisp passing left in these playoffs next to the Golden State Warriors. I mean, they really passed the ball brilliantly tonight. But after the first quarter, you see... It was a good thing, but it was a little bit of a cause for concern. Randall came out and certainly asserted himself. If you know Randall and his style of play, he cooks in first quarters and then he kind of pedals back. And here we are, people, 26 of the first 31 in the first quarter are from RJ and Randall. This was an interesting Knicks line here when you look at the production off the bench. I mean, there wasn't much. Quickly gave you six, and Grimes and Hartenstein gave you six combined. 12 points off the bench, people. This was the big three of the Knicks in a big way as we, we keep working our way through. But after that first quarter, I was like, all right, Miami, and this is a, just taking a quick quick little uh, pit stop here, grabbing some some sour punch straws to, to, to talk out after one before two. This, this Heat team came out loose. They came out like not just house money, but we already got the split. And, and you hear the NBA on TNT guys talk about it all the time. Barkley said it last night. You get the split on the road and you're already back to home court. So you kind of saw that out the gate in this game. It's a 10-point spread. If you're on Knicks minus 10, I, I mean, you are already phoning a friend asking how to get out of it. And then you get into the second quarter here and Spolstra does it again. And I don't know if it's more off of off of quarters and off of timeouts. I tried my best to really pick when Spolstra went to the zone, but he goes to the 2-3 zone again in the second quarter. And everyone is missing and it's driving me ballistic. It's taking me back to Mighty Mites. It's taking me back to kicking and screaming, bench warmers. I don't know, pick a mediocre little Giants team from growing up in a movie. And that's what you saw in certain spots with a Knicks offense against the zone. I'm not trying to be too critical on my guys, but my goodness gracious, I'm tweeting out that the under a 208 and a half is cooked after one. It's nine to four in the second quarter. We're six minutes into the hat to the quarter. Nine to four, Miami. So case in point, this is again a Knicks team that is making breaking down a zone high school varsity difficult. And this is the problem with the role players on the Knicks, sometimes the RJ Barrett spots. Brunson's IQ 
is bar none. He's clearly the floor general and the smartest player on this Knicks team. I'd like to put Josh Hart up there, probably in the top three. As far as making the right basketball play, and you saw that as we'll get to that fourth quarter, the Nova boys saved the day. But you look at that 2-3 zone, and they're driving me ballistic. And that moment where the Knicks go down 46-38 and get down to minus 170 on the money line, might I say, minus 500 to kick off the show. Minus 500. They closed that at minus 10. So to be at minus 170 with three minutes to go was a little problematic. But this Heat team, and you look at the balance here as we get to halftime, and ironically, a very similar number to what we saw in the first half in the Heat win on 108-101. That was a 32-21 Knicks first quarter. Then Miami came out and won the second quarter by six. And you saw... Again, a five-point discrepancy at half. Here's a four. Completely different script of a game, but you land, ironically, on almost the same exact numbers, just in a much different way of getting there. But just back to this Heat team, and I do want to point this out. Just start betting if you do bet. Heat three-pointers. I mean, I'm looking at this. And it is absolutely regronculous. Caleb Martin has four threes. Gabe Vincent has four. Struess has three. Duncan gives you three. Kevin Love, who looks like he's got a kid who's got a kid, had two. I mean, that is so well balanced for a game where Lowry was really completely Casper the Ghost. I mean, 0 for 4 from 3 and 6 points. Kind of what he's been all season. But this was a just a, a, a fascinating half, and you kind of regroup as a Knicks fan or just in the garden and, and just take a deep breath as, as we get into the third. But you couldn't feel you couldn't feel great about the first half, but you couldn't feel terrible. I think offensively, as 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 humble as Brunson was in that first half points-wise, you had to feel good you were within striking distance. But this is, this is kind of death by a thousand paper cuts or whatever the kids call it. The way this Miami team did what they did from behind the arc, it's, it's demoralizing. As we get into this third quarter here, Bam comes in, gets two quick buckets. Kevin Love flies to the rack. They did run Bam with the rock at the top of the key a good amount of times. When Bam would have the ball, this was kind of riveting to watch, all four other Heat players would just magically float to the perimeter. And it was it was really like a point forward looking to facilitate these shots. But the Knicks, if I can be if I can be a little harsh on them, just did not close out for the life of them at all today. I mean, let me know in the comments. What did you think of these uncontested threes? Yes, it's a testament to the ball movement in Miami, but my goodness gracious. I mean, the amount of no dribbles and crisp passes to lead to open threes for Kayla Martin in the corner, Kevin Love at the, at the top of the... It was just, they were getting all the looks they wanted. So you get in this third quarter, Lowry, as we know, is under 10, and it, it kind of starts to be swapping threes again. And RJ really kept them in the game here. He had 22 through six left in the third. You get to that 67-64 moment. 
and there was a huge moment. This is when I'm going to start to tell you a little bit about the crowd being a factor. The crowd, yes, was a little nervous, but once we kind of got in the third quarter, it was like, look, I mean, who's out there? Highsmith? Cody Zeller? I mean, what are we doing? There is no world where the Knicks have even close, even close to anything to worry about talent-wise with these players on Miami. It's just do one thing better. Close out on the perimeter. It's not that much to ask. But then towards that mid-end of the third, you started to see J.B. Cook, and this is what, this is what it was. Jalen Brunson taking over the game, earning every bit of what anyone wanted to crown him with, with playoff acumen, clutchability, if that's even a word, and just the ability to step up for your team in big spots. And you saw that with back-to-back threes there in that end of that third to go up 73-72, and it got exciting. We get into the fourth quarter, and, and as, as stressful as the game had been to that point, the Knicks won the first quarter by a bucket. The Knicks won the third quarter by a bucket. 31-29, 25-23, respectively. Yet you're watching with your own eyes, and I'm watching the live line betting, and I'm just like, what? is happening in this game. This is a 12-round boxing match. They're exchanging blows. But the Knicks, and, and might I say, when when they would have these lulls, like pretty much during these two, three zone spots for the most part, it would drive you crazy. Because, and this is kind of what happens in basketball, if you don't have a super solidified game plan as an offense, you end up kind of trying to mirror or match what's being thrown at you on the other end. And the Knicks ain't going to outshoot Miami. That's exactly what Spolstra, I would say, would want when he coaxes you into a 2-3 zone and gets top in there, hit a, hit a contested 33-footer. If you hit that golf clap. But then we get in this fourth quarter here, and I'm watching this. And, and, and honestly, they roll out Cody Zeller, and they roll out Robinson, and, dude, these guys don't even play. They don't even play. All right? And I, I, I'm going, if the Knicks don't win this game, that's the season. I'm live betting like an animal on the mezzanine. How you doing? And here comes the fourth quarter. It's even worse than the previous three from death by a thousand threes. I, I mean, honestly, you had a few marquee moments where everyone got very nervous. Quickly elbowing little WWE, how you doing, to Gabe Vincent's face. And then Gabe Vincent off of a timeout, and the Knicks have to get better defensively off of timeouts. Spolstra is picking them apart on the timeouts. But we get to the end, and this got scary because Gabe Vincent took over. I, I mean, I'm sorry, did, did, did somebody bring him a Pedialyte, a Calvin Johnson beverage? He got an IV at half? I mean, what, what are we doing? He, he, he couldn't miss. He couldn't miss. They go up 85-81. I'm officially schwitzing like a Hebrew on a high holiday. And then quickly, who really didn't do anything at all in this game and really has been quiet for as great of a season as he's, as he's had in these playoffs. He's disappeared. He comes in with two huge buckets to tie at 85-85. Now the garden's starting to get rocking. And what does Gabe do again? He hits another three, which was just sickening. 
And then he hits a layup. And now it's 90-85. And now I can get my meditation in at the garden because it is that quiet. I, I mean, literally, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear devil fans screaming from Newark. That's how quiet it was. And then Tommy Tibbs calls a timeout. A timely timeout. And everything comes together. Jalen Brunson was sensational. Magnificent. Off that 93-87 timeout. Oh, by the way, the Knicks were plus 142. I mean, a gift if you're talking about minus 500. In the betting world, that's 500 to win 100 before the game on the Knicks. Now you're getting 100 to win 242 back. That's 142 profit. Jalen Brunson comes in and just cooks. I'm talking in the Cranston lab cooking, Jerry. A three, another three. How about on the and one foul on an iHeart rebound? They call him Hartenstein. Nine boards for the lad. If Hartenstein, and this is where basketball and the basketball gods, you know, they... They tend to be fascinating because you'd want Mitchell Robinson in that spot for the most part as your elite rim protector. But Hartenstein, what he did on the block, particularly when this Knicks team was down by a few key buckets in the fourth, was he put himself in positions and nine of those rebounds, I'm going to say seven of them, were shape-shifting moments. And this is where I try to tell people. As we wrap up this this reaction, this Knicks team is not, for the most part, going to out-talent you. They're not going to, for the most part, you're seeing it through two games, out-shoot you, but they can out-dog you for 48, up and down, New York with it, in the boxing ring, taking blows, punishing you, taking them, punishing you, going back and forth, back and forth. But that fourth quarter where they put Lowry on Randall and Randall disappeared in the fourth quarter. He's got to realize the tape on him. When he does that lefty weak side spin move, I mean, how many times was he mad and hitting the circle button and he's running into a hit stick? I mean, what are we doing? I've been watching it since the Lakers. He's got to be more strategic with those spin moves. I mean, Miami is too well coached. But it was Hartenstein with the rebounds. It was Josh Hart with the extra effort on both ends, by the way. He had a couple of very, very timely baskets, including a three from the corner that I think was, was if not, one of the biggest shots in that fourth quarter next to a Brunson three here and there. And Brunson just couldn't miss. And this is really a big moment for Jalen Brunson. He had only had four games to his resume, 0 for 3, 0 for, excuse me, from three and five turnovers or more. He had only done that four t- less than five times in his entire career. He comes back, humble first quarter, and again, kind of speaks to his leadership. Let Randall, let the big dog, let the alpha in the room get his legs under him, let the crowd get behind him, let RJ's confidence go, and this is what an old school point guard would do. And that's where Jalen Brunson is in 
valuable. So wrapping up the stats here, 111-105, a game where the Knicks outboard you by 16, Basil. Austin Powers was in the building, by the way. 50-34. 39 defensive rebounds, 11 offensive, most from Hardenstein and Josh Hart. And they were a lot better, in my opinion, from beyond the arc. I mean, that goes without saying. You look at game one, and I talked about it on my show. They've had only three other instances where they were that bad from three-point land. And it was 20.6, I believe. They were seven for 34. They come back and go 16 three-pointers, 16 for 40. I'm not saying that they should continue to do that. It was a fortunate evening for streaky shooting on the Knicks side. I do not think it's something that they can do throughout the rest of the series as we look ahead to game three and feel good about. You're not going to get into a three-point shooting contest with one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league and win. At least the best, one of the best three-point shooting teams right now. 17 for 49 was the Miami Heat from three. 34.7%. But I look at how, how they handled this game. Tommy Tibbs and this New York Knicks club. They never gave up. They Galaxy Quest Tim Allen never surrendered. If you know that, that shout out from that movie, I love you. And they just stuck to, at the end of the game, what they know they can be, which is gritty on the boards, tight and tough on their matchups on D and trust their floor general. They did all three of those things, and they won. And it's a weird game, but it's kind of a win. You go 17 for 16 on three-pointers, and you go 38 on 34 in the paint with Miami. 38 points for Miami in the paint to 34. Just to to compare that to game one, the Knicks had 62 points in the paint in the first game. 62 on a loss, and then they go the opposite of the Phoenix Suns here. They rip a bunch of threes. They hit them. They go almost half from the paint, and they catch a dub. We look at game three from a quick preview perspective. Knicks plus three and a half. Knicks are a top five underdog cover on the year and a top 10 road cover on the year. Miami, swollen three and a half. We'll see how they do health-wise traveling back to Del Boca Vista. A lot of days in between. These guys don't dance till Saturday. This is Tuesday night. We are recording this. Wednesday, probably hitting your ears. We have a lot. I I mean, I I could go to California, grab an In-N-Out burger, see my family, hug everybody, come back and catch game three. Three and a half is the line. I absolutely am loving the next game three. You know this. And it's a pick on the board from a future spot. Miami's minus 116. The Knicks are minus 102. One heck of a game. One heck of a show. Miami does what they need to do. But my gosh, you hit 17 threes and you lose. It's got to be a little demoralizing. I want to get out of here with an ad. I want to introduce you to a new partner of sports gambling with Moneyline Monaco. Fired up for this one. Game time the fastest growing ticketing app in the United States. Make it easily 
be one of the most underrated sports months of the year. We are well into the NBA and NHL playoffs. We got MLB season off and running. And we know how great these games have been. I mean, my goodness, you go NHL playoffs, Boston's been bounced, New Jersey and New York went to seven. Just sensational hockey. These NBA playoffs have been riveting. The one seed has been bounced. You know the drill, but for last-minute amazing deals on tickets to the NBA, NHL, or MLB games, download the GameTime app. It doesn't stop at sports. GameTime even has tickets to concert and comedy shows, too. So download the GameTime app and redeem code MONACO for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, Download the GameTime app and enter code MONACO, that's M-O-N-A-C-O, for $20. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Knicks win, 1-1, Game 3 in Miami. We'll be back on here for more reaction. Appreciate appreciate my guy Matt on the ones and twos. Don't forget to hug your mothers. We'll see you next time. The volume.